Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. I'm with one of our international students. Uh, Natan has been with me before. He's from Mexico, and uh, you're here this summer serving the summer campers that come to Silver Birch Ranch. What are you doing this summer? What's your job this summer? I'm with the Challenge Course team. Which means what? What exactly do you do? We run the zip line, the climbing wall, the archery, and the BB range. All right. So there's a lot of different adventures that kids can do while they're at Silver Birch Ranch, and you're watching over one of those. There's a lot more than that, but you're watching over one of those to make sure they have a good time, that they have a safe time, mm. and, of course, to look for God to use you in some way to mm. help them see God through your service. Uh, Nathan, you've been through MBI, and you, you're really good with uh, questions and and thinking. You want to love God, I know you do, and you want to walk with Him and understand what that means. So you're full of questions at times. So we thought, let's take some. So give me a question here. What are you thinking these days? What are you wondering? And how can I help you sort something out if I can? So the last time we talked, we talked about part of it include being justified. Okay. And that being the basis of the Christian's identity. Right. I'm not defined by my failures or my successes, by my works, um, by my thoughts. I'm defined by the fact of by the fact that Jesus came and died for me on the cross, that my sins were placed upon him, and there was an exchange, my sinfulness for his righteousness. Right. That's what's placed on me. Okay. And then he rises again, like in Romans five, he rose again to justify us. And that also include that also is included in Romans chapter four. So when God looks at me, he sees the perfect life that Christ lived on the basis of being justified right. in how he defines me. Because there's still sanctification, which is now, right. and then in the future, glorification. But something that I, I've been thinking about, you know, this righteousness is not my own. What does it mean to be righteous? Because there's Psalm 32, right? Verse 11, it says, Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart so those two words stuck upright in heart and righteous because then in psalm 33 it says again the word of the lord is upright and i don't even know the original in hebrew which is something to be further done okay but i'm just thinking what do you think it's what is what does it mean to be righteous that's a very good question natan and what's interesting here is that god is talking about those who are righteous but it's his righteousness Hmm. now when you think about that for a second righteousness is really doing what's right it's mm. doing what's absolute and doing it right. Mm. And in our culture, perhaps in Mexico as well, right and wrong are not very clearly defined. No, they're not. But they are defined in the Bible. Mm. So we know that it's right for, for example, two people, a man and a woman, to meet, to make a commitment to each other and get married. That's what God's plan is. Mm. And then to stay married for the rest of their lives and to be committed to each other, that's his plan. Those who listen to God and do it according to what he says, they're doing right. Mm. And they're righteous, but it's his plan. So if you ever said, look at me, I'm a really nice guy, all you got to do is listen to God. Mm. It's God's plan. Mm. You know, and the fun thing for me is that, you know, that's one of the simplest things in the world to do. I can read the Bible, I can know what God says, and I can do what he says. Mm. And, you know, our hearts want to go to well, what about me? Don't I have any say about it? Can't I, you know, decide what I do? Well, you can, but there's a couple of things you can't do. Uh, let me ask you this. Can you decide, Nathan, what's right and wrong? No. 
No, that's already determined, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. So since you don't decide it, how do you know it? Knowing God. Okay. It, it's, it's the word is really discovery. Mm. You, you don't create right and wrong. Mm. You discover it. And it comes from God. Hmm. Now, if you're creating, if you say, well, I'm going to make this right from now on, then it's not biblical and it's not absolute. For hmm. example, it, you know, if uh, I can tell you that you should listen to the government, the authorities. So I should tell, you know, I could tell you you should stop at a stop sign. Not because the government people are right, but because God has a principle that says that you and I submit to our authorities over us. If it's not going against the Bible. Hmm then you should listen to it. So you should stop at a stop sign. Hmm. And to meditate more on that, it's interesting how true freedom comes from obedience. Because let's say I'm, I'm cooking some molletes. Okay. one of my favorite dishes back home. Okay. But they're on the pan. And there's fire beneath it. Or let's say I'm, I'm making some pancakes for luggers. And I mean, people will tell me, don't touch the pan when it's hot. And at the same time, I obey because of the authority that's saying that to me, but also it's it has a, a benefit of mine in mind, which is if I touch it, I'll burn my hands. So it's safe for me not to do it. Right. And I don't know. I just thought. So that the was righteousness, really. What, it, for example, we were just we're in the studio, and I'm actually working on uh, laser engraving some awards for mm. some children. And you came in, and I said, "Here, I'll show you what I'm doing." But I told you, do not look at the laser. If you look at the laser, it could damage your eyes. You were really good about it. I told you to look at the floor. You looked at the floor. You know what I mean? So that was good. Now, you didn't know you shouldn't look at a laser. Hmm. Not Well, you didn't know it was a laser, so you wouldn't have known. You probably know not to look at one, but you didn't know. So if all you saw was a little blue light over there, you might look at it. Hmm. So I wanted to warn you. Hmm. And all you could do is say, okay, Dave, he's older than me. He's doing this. He knows what it is. I think I'll listen to him. Mm. Now, you look brilliant. You didn't, you didn't hurt your eyes. <laughs> but it was because you listened to what I said, mm. and I knew that you'd be in danger if you looked at it. Yes. So when you read the Bible, you realize that God has given us a code in the Bible of truth. He, he's given us the truth. So we look at it, and we say, when I follow the truth... How can I even be prideful? All I'm doing is following the truth, which God revealed to me through his Holy Spirit. And the Bible makes it clear that if you're not a Christian, if you're not in God's family, then you're not getting the truth revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. So you don't even, it doesn't even make sense to you because you're not understanding what right and wrong is on the basis of an absolute God. So righteousness, and especially here for shout for the, uh, in 33rd chapter, shout for the joy of the Lord. Oh, you righteous, you're excited about the fact that you have listened to God and that he has proven that he's faithful and right again. Mm. But it's not your rightness, it's his, you're just listening. Mm. And, and that's a fun thing. The pressure's not really on Natan. The pressure for you is, do I know God and will I listen to him? Not I have to make up right and wrong. And that's a whole lot different. And that's so beautiful because the first part of the verse, there's, there's also something in there that God's been speaking to my heart. And I mean, I've shared it, you know, circumstances come and go. Right. And there's the ongoing pressure of getting ready for the next chapter, mm -hmm. which is not 
a huge pressure. It's just, it's there. It's I know I have a responsibility before God and before others to enjoy this to the best of my ability, serve, uh, serve others, but also get ready for what's next. Mm-hmm. But I've been thinking when it says, be glad in the Lord. And you know how we have been thinking about joy. One of our last conversations when we, when we were by the, it was either by the dining hall or by the meeting room before till and tell right what what you talked was just express your joy in lord in the lord express your happiness in god and as i go into college it's show excitement about him and yeah. it reminds me of a quote by c.s lewis and he said don't make your happiness dependent on something you can lose right and what i love about this is there's a similar thing talking about being glad in god and Psalm 52, which says, in verse 8, it says, I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. But the previous verse says, the man who would not make God his refuge, right. but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. And we think about this world, that which is material. And I mean, I can try to look for my security, my comfort, and for all my stability and my steadfastness in the things of this world but if i if i look to god i mean i can lose riches i can lose health i can lose strength i can even lose all the energy that i have but if i look to god i can never yeah. lose him and like you said the pressure is not on me to be able to have it all together it's just to know god and listen to what he says and act you know on it. and i will promise you you will lose all that mm. there's going to come a time Mm. Where you lose all that, mm. I you know there's nobody that uh, gets old and dies that's still living on the earth. Mm. You know, I mean, and they didn't take anything with them, and everything they accomplished, everything they they earned in their life, belongs to somebody else now. And so you live in a way that reflects the truth, because you and I are actually eternal beings. We're not temporal. And those people who live as if they're temporal, see, they're, they're not living in the truth because we're not. Death to somebody who's in God's family is an experience. It's not the end. And so you go on and you live and you enjoy God. You know, it reminds me uh, the idea of Psalms, you know, uh, the righteous, you're praising God. You look over to Philippians 4 where it says, Rejoice in the Lord, how often? <laughs> Always. <laughs> and I look at that and I think, okay, that, that's a pretty interesting word. And, you know, I always and the word always means every when all the time so that's what the original means all the time mm. so when things are going in a way they shouldn't what you thank god for it you you may not thank god for the the sickness or the disease but you can sure thank him for who he is and the fact that he'll bring you through that and and the fact that even if you die in this earth see precious in the sight of the lord at the death of his saints you'll end up with him for eternity and you'll be healed you know, so you, you look at this and you go, I can rejoice because God doesn't need me, but he wants me. And you've heard me say that many times. So I'm going to live as if he wants me. Now, when you live in the context of what you know, so you're going to go to college, you love God, right? Yes. So live that way. Act like it. You think God is faithful. I do. So you act that way. You live in accordance with the fact that God is faithful. You think there's a right and wrong according mm -hmm. to what God says, correct? Yes. So live that way. Now, 
what happens a lot of times is people start saying, I believe that, but then they don't live that way. And I look at them and say, do you really believe that? Hmm. Because you're not living according to what you said. But God hmm. said, if you really know him, you rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Hmm. Fifth verse there says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. What's your reasonableness? I'm, I'm doing what's right. Hmm. That's, don't you think that's reasonable if I live my life and I do what's correct? Who thinks that's unreasonable? It's it's reasonable to do what's right. So let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Oh, that the Lord is there. I will never go without the Lord. Never in my life. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm not going to go without him. He's at hand. And and he's at hand. So so the next verse, which a lot of people love to avoid, says, Don't be anxious about anything why would i worry about a thing when he's in charge Hmm. anyway that that whole passage you can go to you know philippians 4 and take a look at it and the whole thing is talking about yeah if you know god you know i keep going back to the same thing natan if you know god if you know god if you know god that's my choice your choice do we want to know god Hmm. well if you want to spend time doing it or spend time hanging around people that know God. Let me ask you a question. I see you hang out with all these old guys. You know, you, you make time to talk with me. Uh, right before this um, younger older, you were talking with a guy that's 70 years old. Uh, and I saw you set that up. I want to talk to him. I've seen you set it up with other people. What in the world are you talking about with all these old people? Well, in short, life. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but to to elaborate more on that, I just know that they have walked on this planet longer than I have. That they have known more than I do, and that I mean, especially when it comes to elderly people who have known the Lord for a lifetime. I mean, if I'm honest. I see so many people here at SBR that have been here for over 30 years. And I have shared this, you know, I I have lost people um, who have already lived their entire life. Some in dedication to Lord, to the Lord, others not in dedication to God. And I've seen the parallels. And when I see someone that's lived for God, I just see them and I see, you know, that's... In Spanish we say, esa es la vejez que yo quiero tener, which means... I don't think I can translate it literally, but I can't say that's the type of eldership that I want to have when I'm that age. Exactly. You know, and, and I admire that about you, what you're doing. I keep saying you need to know God. Hmm. So there's ways to know him. First and foremost is get in the Bible. Because hmm. regardless of what any old guy says to you, the Bible trumps him. Hmm. You know, if the Bible says something other than I'm telling you, then don't listen to me and don't listen to anybody else that says that. But the Bible's the one that trumps everybody because it's God's word and God's word is always right. And and so that's one thing. But the second way to get to know somebody is talk to somebody who knows God. Hmm. And so that's exactly what you said. I'm going to go talk to some older people. I've seen in their life something that proves to me that I should probably listen to what they're doing. And so I'm going to go listen to their story and I'm going to it's going to help me understand life. So I, I admire you for that and all the young people that are listening right now to us. I encourage you 
you should all have people in your life who have done it right, who love God, who walk with God, and go talk to them sometimes. Just be their friend. You know, I mean, you see someone who loves God, they have a great marriage, and you want to have a great marriage, don't you want to watch them a little bit, see what they've done? That's that's all. And, and you know, you got to always put a little caveat there. Whoever you're talking to or watching, they're sinful. So the minute you say, I'm going to imitate them exactly, they're going to do something really stupid or wrong or whatever. And what you do is pray for them. You don't judge them. I mean, that's how we work. And and that's really important to understand. Hmm. Uh, and everyone's in a growth process. You know, I need to be patient uh, with myself and with you because God's on a very long-term schedule working in my life. Hmm. And so I get to let him do that. But uh, you've heard me say before, and, and again, I, I think, I'm not going to spend time with guys your age that don't want to. Hmm really learn, I'm not going to try and teach them. Hmm. That you've got to want that. So because of your attitude of wanting to learn something, the older guys that love God are spending time with you. Hmm. Now, if you just came and said, try and force me to learn this. Yeah, you know, I'd say, ghost fishing. Hmm. I, don't, I don't need to do this. <laughs> well, you're not going to learn anything anyway. Hmm. So, And it's interesting when you say that because you talk about talking to people who have done it right. And... I know this verse in Spanish, but I'll read it in English. Okay. Because I I think it will be easier Good. that way. But in Spanish, I don't have memorized it word for word, but it basically says, Vas a ver a quien, aquel a quien teme el Señor. Vas a ver que él tiene un futuro de paz. That's uh, more of a paraphrase, not the okay. verse. But the verse is Psalm 37, verse 37, okay. which says, Mark the blameless, behold the upright. For there is a future for the man of peace. Yeah. And I, mean, I just know that whenever I see someone that knows God and that is surrounded by just wanting to know him and know his word, I, I want to I talk to them. Right. Like for example, the, the first guy, one of the first guys that I talked to the first month at MBI was Lupi. Right. And the reason being, and I haven't shared this with a lot of people, is that he resembles my grandfather. Sure had he been a Christian his entire life. Right. I mean, they're not they're not exactly the same person. Right. They had different careers. Right. But they had similar interests. They both loved antiquities. I mean, right. Lupi loves, loves antiquities. Right. And good, good cars, classics. Right. And pieces of art. Right. But they both also worked hard. Yep. I remember my grandpa would share that uh, when he was a boy, I'm not sure, probably during elementary, he would wake up between 4 and 5 a.m., milk cows go around town selling milk he would arrive to a school and it was a a rich kid's school so sure. they would make fun of him because he would smell like cows yeah uh, but he worked hard and i remember at some point he when he was of an older age probably in his 18th year or 20s he left began to work he always worked hard he worked to the point that he couldn't anymore right he always worked and where i'm trying to get with this with this is I noticed that Lupi is also a hard worker except that my grandpa only knew the Lord the last two years of his life yep. and Lupi has known him yep. way longer Yes. so it's just when I talked to him the first month of MBI there were some times in which I remember like when we walked to the to the shop a part of me wanted I got a little teary because he just resembled him a lot not exactly because yep. once you, I get you know sure. within a closer range I'm like yeah that's not my grandpa 
but from afar, I was like, oh man. And yeah, well, there's a couple things there that people listening should understand. If you're an older guy like me, understand that there's young guys like Nathan around. You know, they're watching you, and give them an example to follow. Hmm. That's part of our our goal in life is to help young people know God and. I have to keep knowing God. I read my, my father-in-law died at uh, 90 years old. Hmm. And I read, uh, he has things about his life he wrote. And one of the things that he decided, I think when he was 75 or something, he, we were just talking and, and I talked about reading the Bible through cover to cover every year. And he thought, you know, I haven't really done that. And he started to, and he started to recruit everybody else to do it too. Hmm. And I thought, you know, you're never too old to start thinking about something you know, in life that can help you be what you should be, be righteous. Hmm. But see, you're really dealing with a dicey issue here because what we're talking about is the fact that there's really a right and wrong. Hmm. And you're identifying with people who basically say there's a right and wrong and know God. And there'll be many that say, well, that's their opinion. Okay, fine. Hmm. Then you can follow somebody who doesn't follow God and see how successful you end up. And I promise you, you won't be, but that's, go ahead and do what you want. That's your choice. And that's so interesting because um, we're talking about morality. Right. Absolute morality. Yes. And you say, people say, well, that's their opinion in that they're making a moral judgment, which right. reveals that they're, there's a presupposition behind them. That they're an assumption that they do believe in a moral law. Right. But they're trying to critique a moral yeah, law. Yeah, they're a moral law. Moral <laughs> so you know, when you think funny. about it, Nathan, Satan's uh, big sin, if you want to call it, is he wanted mm. to be God. Mm. So he wanted to write everything up the way mm. Satan saw it. Mm. That's what we do. If you don't have God in your life, then you decide what's right and wrong. Mm. And again, you go back, and we talked about it in Judges. Each man does what's right in their own eyes, and that's nothing but a disaster. So, mm. And I just read this verse, and it's there it is, uh, Psalm 37, 31. The law of God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. But if, if you're your own God, then you direct your steps. Right. But then that's not the best thing. In the ministry now, I have meetings about planning for the future and everything. And one thing I am sure of, we don't know the future. Hmm. But here's, here's what I know for sure. If I really listen to God, hmm. he does know it. He'll hmm. guide my steps. Hmm. I may not even know what I'm preparing for. Hmm. But he will guide my steps in those decisions. Mm. And I think that's precious. That's very important. And as a young man, it's like, you know what? I, I don't know where the world's headed economically, morally, anything else. It's a mess out there in many respects. But you know, in my heart, Nathan, it's not a mess. Mm. Sinful people, godless people will act like godless people. When I go to them, I don't start yelling at them about their behavior. Why? They're acting in accordance with the way they are. Hmm. I'm okay with that. Because the deal isn't that they have to act different. Hmm. The deal is that they need God. Hmm. And I need to live in a way that compels them to see him. Hmm. That's all. I'm done. You know, I don't have to be mean to him. I don't have to do anything. I just need to live in a way that compels them to see a difference. Because hmm. in the Bible, there's a kingdom of heaven. There's a kingdom of earth. They're different. Two different hmm. things. They're not the same. Hmm. I'm in the kingdom of God. Hmm. So I have to act like it. Hmm. And it's interesting how you said that. Because I remember doing our theology class. And that book, Theology You Can Count On. Sure. Huge blessing. Yeah. Huge blessing. 
huge blessing. And you're talking about reading an old guy, but go on. Like what I was, what I what I was getting is, at some point I don't remember the specific topic, but we were talking about, I mean the author was talking about, um, when it says you sit you sit with Christ in the heavenly places, and he said that literally, I can't even fully comprehend that, but it means that your soul. Is on a different spiritual sphere when I when right. I came to Christ, like literally. So my soul is literally spiritually speaking not in the same place it was before. Right. So we as Christians, we are in a different spiritual sphere. Right. Than those who don't know God, and that doesn't make us better. No. It doesn't make us because before I would be a little prideful about this. No, it's and His righteousness. It's, we already talked yes, about His that. righteousness, not mine. Yeah, and He's the one who took me out of that place, not me. Right. And but I think it should encourage us because when we look at lost people that don't know God, we 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 want them to see to be in the same spiritual sphere, to be I mean, who knows to what extent when it talks about and maybe this could be a, a small question in and of itself. But you know, people are captivated. They are held in captivity. I mean, there's sin and there's all of the kingdom of darkness with it. Up to what extent and this is just a quick question, is it that they're actually spiritually not in a place where, where they can thrive. You know what I'm trying sure. to say? You know, that's a whole discussion. So I think let's bring that up in the mm. next segment. And mm. in this one, I think if you go to uh, Philippians 4, what you and I have been talking about, and you just read that, mm. it goes on to say, let your reasonableness be known. We talked about that. The Lord is hand. Don't be anxious about everything. But it gives you something to do. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Mm. And here's what will happen. The peace of God, hmm. which surpasses all understanding. You're not even going to know how that happens. Hmm. Will guard your hearts hmm. and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hmm. And then it gives you the absolute do this. Just hmm. do this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, hmm. whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there be any excellence, if there be anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Hmm. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So, the, you know, Paul is saying, look, rejoice in the Lord. In the end, here's what you do. You do right. You start talking about righteousness at the beginning. Hmm. So what what's true, what, think about that. And do that. So you think about right, you do right, and guess what? That the peace of God will be with you because you're doing exactly the way you were created to be created. Hmm. Now, if you're not a believer and God isn't part of your life, I have no way to give you hope. I don't have any way to. Hmm. Why? Because you're trying to find peace in money or status or position or food or popularity or something. It's like, nah, sorry, you're not made that way. Hmm. So... We'll have to pick up uh, that question you had before and try and get that in the, in the next it's segment right. here. But uh, I appreciate those that are listening. Once again, I'm with Nathan. He's an inter international student here at Nicolay Bible Institute. He is from Mexico, and uh, this is northern Wisconsin, so the cultures are totally different. <laughs> but God is not. God mm. is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and to everybody. The Amen. principles that are in God's Word are applicable to everybody, no matter what your culture, your background, no matter where you live in the world. Mm. And it's always fun to have a discussion with somebody from another country. They just see the world a little differently, mm. and they don't see it wrong or right. They just see it differently, just like 
I do at my age and in the in the process of where I'm at. So this is Dave Wager coming to you from Silver Birch Ranch. We're here in the studios there and uh, on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now. <laughs>